Hi, welcome to Rewatch This, where you have first takes, hot takes, and some double takes. I'm Jason. And I'm Addie. What exactly is Rewatch This? Well, have you ever watched something amazing, but you couldn't talk about it with anyone because none of your friends have watched it yet? So then you keep pressuring them until they cave? Which is how we ended up here. When I found out you've never watched Avatar The Last Airbender, I knew I had to do something about it. Indeed. But before we get into that, what else have you been watching these days? It's so funny you mentioned that. Addie and I had dim sum this past weekend. And uh, during that conversation, we were talking about the things we were watching. And I told her I was binging Barry. Yes, um, which I have not watched yeah, yet. Yeah, and I don't binge things, so... Yes, you do. Okay, on occasion. But I have to like something <laughs> to binge it. You know what I mean? Okay, fair um, enough. And I like Barry a lot. It's only gotten better. And I want to encourage Addie to catch up. Or well, to start. <laughs> <laughs> have you been watching anything else? I have been watching Abbott Elementary. And Great choice. Yes. It's like an easy, fun watch. It's very low, low stakes. And um, yeah, I think after I binged Shrinking, I'm taking a break because I need to not, <laughs> not binge another show. <laughs> it's kind of hard because there's literally so much content out there. The list is endless. And I mean, I'm glad that a lot of good television and, and film are coming Agreed. out. Agreed. I'd rather have more things that I want to watch than less. Yeah. A movie that I am excited about and I can't stop thinking about. <laughs> there's this. Yeah. I keep bothering you and Calvin about it. There's this movie by. Ari Aster, who I love, um, <laughs> coming out called Bo is Afraid. And I am so excited for that movie. <laughs> uh, can't explain why. It looks terrifying. In like an uncanny valley way. I am afraid. <laughs> Just like the movie. Yeah. Exciting. And you know what else is really exciting? That we finally get to talk about these next two episodes. But before we talk about our thoughts, we're going to summarize the episodes that we watched. Which means there will be spoilers. So unless you like spoilers, this is your final warning. Chapter 15, The Tales of Ba Sing Se. Jason, tell us the tales. This episode, we are presented with a collection of short stories of our cast. The ones that we know the whereabouts of, at least. <laughs> the Tale of Toph and Katara. The gang go through their morning routines, refreshing and cleaning themselves. Except for Toph, who always keeps a healthy coat of dirt on her. <laughs> Katara decides to take Toph on a spa day. Toph's first, in fact. After the sometimes fun, sometimes excruciating spa day, Toph <laughs> and Katara have a heart-to-heart -heart about looks. Hmm. The tale of Iroh. Iroh goes through town, running errands while changing people's lives and giving out wisdom. He calms a crying child with a song and even shows a mugger how he should be a masseuse instead. <laughs> At the end of his day, Ira walks up a hill with a single tree to celebrate his late son's birthday. He sings, and a dedication to Mako appears on screen. Hmm. The Tale of Aang. While searching for Appa, Aang happens upon a decrepit zoo. The poor zookeeper clearly <laughs> loves animals and only wishes the best for them. Aang decides to help, which means releasing the animals to run amok through Ba Sing Se, 
before <laughs> hurting them and bending a new earth zoo for them to run in. The Tale of Sokka. Sokka stumbles upon a haiku club full of young ladies. <laughs> he even does a literary battle with one. However, once he gets too overconfident, his haiku has one too many syllables, and he's kicked out. <laughs> the Tale of Zuko. Zuko gets ass out on a date by a girl named Jin, who frequents the tea shop. It goes about as awkwardly as you'd expect. Oh, yes. At the end... <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the night, Jin takes Zuko to her favorite place, the Firelight Fountain. However, none of the lights are lit. In a daring move, Zuko asks Jin to close her eyes, and fire bends the lights on. After she opens her eyes again, she kisses him, and he kisses back. <gasps> Soon after, he cuts the date off short and runs back home, telling Iroh that his night was nice. <laughs> the Tale of Momo Momo dreams of Appa and finds his fur in Sokka's bag. He uses the scent to try to look for him. He gets into a fight with a trio of pygmy pumas and gets caught by animal control. He and the pumas put aside their differences and escape together. The pumas then lead Momo to a footprint that looks suspiciously like Appa's. Hmm. Speaking of him, chapter 16, Appa's Lost Days. Uh, don't cry while reading this, Ali. Oh, no. <clears throat> Cut back to four weeks ago at the library. Appa is being restrained and eventually dragged away by sandbenders. Uh. He's dragged to a tiny beetle-themed outpost. These merchants wearing beetle hats buy him off the sandbenders. As he is being loaded to be transported, Aang is trying to find him and blows on his bison whistle, causing Appa to try to escape. He is then shot with Shirsu Venom darts and passes out. No! As Appa's eyes close in the distance, we see Aang making his mushroom cloud. No! <laughs> Appa wakes in a cage at the circus. No! A tamer starves and abuses him with a fire whip in order to tame him. No! At their show, with the encouragement of a child... Appa flies away while still in chains. <laughs> he flies back to the library, but it's already buried. Starving and tired, he looks for food and a place to sleep. Kill me. After hardships, he finally lands at a farm and takes shelter. That night, he dreams of when he and Aang first met. Aang is having the same dream at the Serpent's Pass. He says that they'll be together forever in his sleep. Ah! Appa is startled awake by the farmers who had a torch in order to see. Because of his time at the circus, Appa has grown a fear of fire. He mm -hmm. flies away, destroying the farmhouse in the process. Mm. He finds a forest and gets into a fight with a porcupine. Yep. <laughs> is that really what it's called? <laughs> I looked it up. That's what it's called. After defeating it, Appa sleeps in a nook at the base of the giant tree. Later, the Kyoshi warriors are picking berries when Suki recognizes Appa's fur. <gasps> she quickly locates him and tells the other Kyoshi warriors that they have to help Appa. Finally, Appa is clean, safe, and the porcupine pins are out and his chains are off. He's given food, but peace doesn't last long. No. Azula, May, and Tylee appear and attack the Kyoshi warriors. Suki forces Appa to leave and find <laughs> Aang. 
Appa flies a great distance and eventually returns to the Eastern Air Temple where he grew up. There he meets a stranger. Guru Patik is a skinny man in an orange robe with a fluffy white beard. Hmm. He takes some time, but eventually Appa learns to trust him. Patik tells Appa that he had a vision that came to him years ago that he would help the Avatar. So he came to the Easter Temple to wait. Mm. Guru Patik ties a message for Aang on Appa's horn and also tells him that Aang and Appa's energies are intertwined. He touches Appa's forehead and is able to locate Aang. <gasps> Appa flies and arrives at Ba Sing Se in the dead of night. He hears a whistle and flies to it. However, Aang is asleep and not blowing the whistle. The person who is, is Long Fang. <gasps> Long Fang earthbends a trapdoor and Appa disappears underground, leaving only a footprint. <gasps> <laughs> that was really hard. Well, we have to talk about it still. So I want to know what your thoughts on the story at large are. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of a tough one because one of these episodes is a collection of short stories. The overarching story is like, we finally get some answers to where Appa is, mm -hmm. but answered in the most painful way. <laughs> I think it's a sign of a great show that they're able to make us feel this way. I know. I, I feel like perhaps the other way of approaching this would have been Aang finds Appa and then there's like some flashbacks of what happened but i am glad that they went this way because it's like a full episode on appa and what he went through and it was torture to make us go through that with him yes yeah but i'm glad we did i'm glad in a uh, viewer sense yeah we're gonna really get to feel the depth of Appa, which actually we've never really had a huge character study on him. But this we get to really mm -hmm. see finally a full episode, just Appa. Yeah. And we get his origin story too, actually. We do. Mm -hmm. We have even further flashback. Yeah. Which is uh, heartbreaking in its own way. But before we talk about Appa's lost days, we should talk about the tales of Ba Sing Se. <laughs> yes. I don't know about you, but I have a ranking of I, which ones I liked. I also have a ranking, and I think you had a great idea on saying which ones and trying to play this little game with each other. <laughs> yes. So I want to do a review of our least favorite to our most favorite. Um, let's say it at the same time. <laughs> And we'll, okay. we'll name the character or characters. Got it. Okay. Sokka. Sokka. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want... Same so Why was it your least favorite? Um, I'm sure we have the same answer, but um, I'll ask you first. It just honestly felt like a throwaway. It didn't add anything to what we know about the story or the character. And honestly, I was just thinking that Suki is amazing. And Sokka is just here getting all flirty with a group of girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it, after it, that, I just blocked the rest. Yeah, he's like 15, you know, but I'm, Suki. Sure, I'm sure I'm sure 
the hormones in his brain are just going nuts. That's fine. But yeah, I have the same. I wrote something similar to what you said, where it was cute and it was fine, whatever. Next. Yeah. Uh, our next one is. Ang. Oh, two for two. Yeah. See, I felt pretty <laughs> confident here. After this point, I don't really know where you're going. Okay. Uh, similar reasons. It didn't really progress the story or the character for me. Yep. Really cute. Saving animals. Yeah. I didn't really do much for me, though. I feel of... like it was. we were off to a good start, but he was searching for Appa. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of got lost. Like a side quest. Yeah. Which is fine. We got to see some cool earthbending. And he was air scootering and earthbending at the same time. So that was pretty cool. Okay. Moving on. Momo. Momo. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is where I was like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I really had no clue where you were going to place things here. Oh, gosh. Okay. Because. Momo. Yeah. Momo was the last story that we got, mm-hmm. and it genuinely uh, progressed the larger story. Took a while doing it. He misses Appa and really tried to find him. It also shows a little bit of the animal abuse that we're to see in the next episode. It preps us, yeah, a little bit. Uh, and I always love a story that follows an animal, like, day in the life. What are they thinking? <laughs> So anyway, our next tale is mm-hmm. Toph, Toph and Katara. Ooh, oh, are we going to match wow. for the last two or wow. is it going to be a switcher? This might be the greatest upset of all time, actually. <laughs> uh, why, did you, why did you like this one? I was really happy to see the two of them bond for once. I'm sure they do it off screen, but we really get... A snippet of them this time and I really liked that Katara helped Toph experience something new and something that she was uncomfortable with. At the end Toph said that she actually really enjoyed that and that she felt girly for once. And then we got to see both girls take down some bullies who made fun of their makeup and that was great because that's the other side of them of just being super badass (laughs) yeah and then they have this talk about Toph's insecurities of how she looks but Katara assures her that she's not only pretty but she's also strong confident and self-assured and Toph said she knows that and I think me as a viewer can really relate to that and especially if younger girls were watching this too i hope that message resonates with them it reminds me of this quote all the way back from book one when we first meet suki at the end of the episode sokka's told her i treated you like a girl when i should have treated you like a warrior and then suki says i am a warrior but i'm also a girl too yeah suki see i'm telling you man (laughs) (laughs) fucking sokka She's a catch. But it reminds me of this where Top is literally as tough as rocks. But <laughs> yes. it's nice to see that she can enjoy herself doing that too. Yeah. So it was really nice that we have this perspective of her now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also fun of seeing Toph mess with the spa people. Yeah, that was great. And <laughs> <laughs> the mud bending. 
moving on to our number two. Zuko. Wow. (gasps) Upset. Oh my God. Okay, I'm glad this happened. Yeah. Why (laughs) is... uh, Well, this is our last two, so I guess we can just talk about them. Which one do you want to talk about first? Mm -hmm. We can talk about why I like Iros. Okay. I just love Iroh so much. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me wonder how the Fire Nation would be if he were the Fire Lord. But I also wonder if the loss of his son is what made him who he is. Iroh is just going about his day, improving other people's lives, and Mm -hmm. even... You know, correcting the stance of someone who's trying to mob him. (laughs) Ultimately, of course, he offers him some tea and then changes his life. And at the end, he has a picnic with Luten and sings him a song. Ah, sweet old man. Do you want to talk about why Iroh is your first? Sure. I remember watching this when I was a kid and crying oh i don't think i had the words to explain why i just cried you know but now i now i feel like Mm -hmm. i do i remember the song leaves from the vine like to this day Mm -hmm. and it makes me sad to think about and when we were watching it i definitely cried too teared up um you can feel the love that he has for his son and in the performance that mako gives and something i didn't remember was that he actually sings the song to the kid first. And that breaks my heart even more. Ah, yes. And I was like, oh, and he's singing the song and it's like a different tone and he's happier. And the reason why this is my favorite is for a meta reason. There's a dedication to Mako at the end. And Mako is Iroh's voice actor mm-hmm. who passed away. Um, yeah, he told me when we were watching it. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, I didn't know who that was, and I had to look it up, and it made me feel sadder. Oh, wow. So he passed when that aired. I think before. Enough time that they put the dedication in. Mm. Do you want to talk about why Zuko is your favorite? Zuko's tale was my first, because we got to see Zuko as a normal boy for a few moments. He's sweet and hella awkward, but that's what it's like being in your teens. Yeah. He almost forgot that at the end, though, and um, quickly rushed away. But before that, he was having a normal date night where he dressed up, he got his hair done, and then had dinner with this cute girl. The best part, though, is when she told him to close his eyes, and then she kissed him, and then he kissed back i was so shocked yeah i i remember the gasp you made at the end iroh asks how was his date and he slams the door and then he cutely opens the door again and said that it was nice actually that moment is uh i thought it was really sad i mean it's sad but it's also cute yeah but it was sad to me because he's all mixed up like this is yeah this is normalcy this is like what it's like not being in war or you know having all the pressure of trying to get the avatar yeah it shot this tale up for me it was like yeah. wow well also he's not who he says he is like everything's a lie and mm-hmm. for a second 
he got to experience being someone else mm-hmm. and living like a normal life. But everything that he told her that night was a lie. Yeah. That would be complicated if he were to carry this date on further. It would. Well, those are the tales of Ba Sing Se. And I wanted to ask if you were surprised with uh, the episode that we just got. I was really surprised. I didn't think this was an option. It was a nice break from all the intensity that was of the last two episodes. Yeah. Short and sweet day in the life of whoever we were following. Yeah. A breath of fresh air before our the next episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, oh, boy. It's a rough episode for our fluffy boy, Appa. So I know you love animals. You have one of your own. Mm-hmm. What was your watching experience of this episode like? <laughs> How tough was it to watch? Uh it was just a endless cycle of sadness, anger, and desperation. Sadness, anger, and desperation. <laughs> <laughs> and then just when we thought that things were okay, he gets like thrown into like a trap door. <laughs> <sighs> it's just one thing after another. Appa does not catch a break. Animal cruelty is something that's really hard for me to watch. Mm-hmm. And it hurts me even more knowing how strong Appa really is. And so to see him taken down in so many ways is really painful. Because even when it wasn't humans, like he got pricked by the cacti, attacked by bird wasps, the uh, porcupine, and just... The cruelty of the weather, too. Then in the very end, he had so much distrust and fear. Like, it hurt me to see him shrink from Suki, who we know is a good person. But that's just how much trust he's lost in people. Yeah. And I think they really um, illustrated and animated his body language and his eyes really well to show the emotions. It was tough yeah i i have to agree how do you remember this appa episode when you first watched it was it worse then or now it's worse this time around there was so much more i feel like abuse and like trauma that he suffered especially with the fire the fear of fire i feel like i understand more about what he went through and why he feels the way he does i was a dumb child Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, i feel like well you just didn't understand the gravity of how much damage it would yeah i mean like yeah i know that hurting an animal is awful and terrible but i think the difference now i was really mad (laughs) Mm -hmm. i was like fuming at the sandbender at those beetle merchants at the fire circus man i was i wanted to reach into the screen and punch the shit out of them (laughs) especially the sandbender guy hated him mm-hmm. holy shit i feel like he deserved whatever <laughs> ang was gonna do to him oh i agree like it's yeah <laughs> like it's a good thing <laughs> ang didn't see what we saw yeah oh man that would he would murder him <laughs> oh 100 do you remember trying to predict appa's fate did you 
have any idea who was going to save him or if he would even get saved? Um, I had no clue what his fate was. I think I knew about as much as the gang did. Like, what did you think? Did you think he was in Bossing State? Because I probably thought that too. I thought he was there because that's where, where they said yeah. they sold him to. Yeah, but there's no way I could have predicted the journey that he went through. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we get this episode and then it's like, maybe I didn't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when I was watching it, my brain was just going like, okay, they're, they're really hitting us hard on this Appa story of how horrible it is. Like, when is he going to be rescued? And it just kept getting worse and worse. Yeah. <laughs> Another part that really broke my heart was when he went back to the library and a library uh, was gone. Oh, and then he and was, was digging... Like, I know, oh. and I was like, Appa, no. And the, uh, so, it's just like, like, animals don't get it. I know, and he probably thought like, that, like, Aang was still under there. Yeah. Uh, it, it just hurts me so me much. so sad. This episode was emotionally damaging. Very much. It was a, also an emotional roller coaster. We had really low lows, but we also had, like, one of the highest highs. When Suki reappeared, I like gasped, I cheered, because I forgot <laughs> truly that she, you forgot. I forgot. Oh my god! That uh, <laughs> she was the one to help him. Oh. So so I was like, oh fuck, it's Suki. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you had a similar reaction to mine. What was it like when you saw Suki again? Elated. I was like, oh my god. The clouds have parted. Yeah. Everything's going to be okay. Uh-huh. I thought that too. Suki's here. Mm-hmm. But then... Oh, but then... Ozai's angel theme starts playing, and they start fighting. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a fight that I wasn't expecting, because one, I didn't remember that Suki was even in this episode. But when this came up, I was like, oh, yeah, this happened. And it's really exciting to see people that I didn't think were going to match up, match up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the like in the previous episode, Zuko and Jet. That's not a matchup that like you would think was going to happen. But it happened. And mm-hmm. this is another one where it's like, oh, this is what we're getting? Awesome. Yeah. What did you think of their fight? Oh, it was great. I think Suki is on similar levels with Tylee and May. Mm-hmm. But... I'm a little scared of what happened after that freeze frame yeah. with Azula because Azula is pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah, she's a prodigy. Yeah, and I'm a little worried. Yeah, I just hope that Azula gets called away for something more important or, or whatever. Just it's like, mm-hmm. this is not worth my time. Right. Did you have a favorite moment in that fight? There was a slow-mo of... That was mine, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that was, like, the coolest part. Yeah. It's like a slow-mo of Azula... Disarming Suki. Uh, and then the sword, like, against the tree. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Really cool. Um, but Suki does not miss a beat. Nope, she's ready. And starts attacking with the shield and just going at it. Yeah. What I love about this... Is that we talked about this uh, maybe a couple episodes ago where mm-hmm. stuff is happening in the world. 
you know, outside mm-hmm. of our main cast, stuff is happening. Yeah. And I love mm-hmm. to see it. And I love actually that we don't get to finish the fight. Yes. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a great choice. And it was very stylized too. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Speaking of choices, Suki had to make a hard one and basically shoo Appa away with fire. Again, we love our girl Suki. She knows what the priorities are. Do you think that Appa knew that she was shooing him away and not using fire to abuse him? I just need to know. (laughs) We don't know for sure. (laughs) Appa probably sees fire at that point and was like, nope, I can't. Nope. And then flies away. He has no idea where to go to find Aang, so he goes to the only other place that he might know, and it's the Eastern Air Temple, where he meets Mm -hmm. Guru Patik. What are your thoughts on our guru friend? (laughs) I knew I liked him when he just laid there all day to wait (laughs) for Appa to fall asleep. And and it stays in the same frame where you just see the daylight changing, and he's just lying there, and every so often Uh, he'll... Get up to check, and Appa is either still growling at him, or eventually he falls asleep. What a great way to show his character! Mm-hmm. Like everything you need to know about this guy, right there in that tiny scene. Yeah, very patient. <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts on him? Uh, he seems to be a very powerful monk. Is he a monk? He's a guru. That's we we know that for sure. <laughs> okay, he's able to read Appa's energy. He's able to soothe Appa while he's sleeping. And he's also able to send Appa to Aang because of their intertwined bond, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I am scared that something bad will happen to him before Aang can get to him or we can spend much time with this cool dude. But I like him. I'm glad because I like him too. Okay. I think we both want to know what our least favorite moment was from this episode and then end with a favorite moment to lighten it up a little bit. I'll go first. Uh, I think my least favorite moment was the moment you said earlier when he goes back to the library and tries to dig and it hurts me so. I hate that moment so much. Yeah. Um, My heart. Oh yeah, second least favorite. Because I just thought of it. The shot of him flying away from the circus and he's still in chains kill me jesus christ that killed me yes and then he continues to have that Ugh. until suki saves him it was like <sighs> okay my least favorite was all of the circus you know it starts off like oh he's gonna be fine they can't starve him because he can airbend those cabbages to his mouth yeah but then we see that this is no laughing matter and the fear in his eyes every time he sees fire now just makes me want to kill someone Uh, yeah specifically that guy (laughs) yeah which moves on to my favorite part is when he whipped that guy out of the tent yeah and then my second favorite is when guru batik mentions his bedhead after sleeping so well (gasps) that's actually my favorite so cute it's yeah you can tell that he is I guess healed, you know, because the scene before that, you can see Guru Patik touch his belly. He goes across him and he's like, oh, you have so much. You're all tangled up. And he's like, but you have so much love to give. And he just lets Appa sleep. 
if I'm looking at this whole episode as a what have I enjoyed, I really enjoyed that we cut back to Aang and where he was at the time. That's one of my favorite parts of this episode, too. Yeah, that worked really well. And it, if anything, made everything way more heartbreaking and tragic. Especially when they were in the desert and Aang was just so close. Yeah, he was so close. And then when Appa was in the farm, when he finally had a chance mm-hmm. to sleep, you know, Aang was in the Serpent's Pass. We always knew where the gang was in the timeline of mm-hmm. things. We end the episode with Appa flying to Ba Sing Se after finally knowing the general area of where Aang is, mm-hmm. only to be tricked by Long Fang and Earthbent somewhere. Oh, just when you thought it was over. And that is the end of the terrible Appa episode that we <laughs> had to suffer through. It was a great episode. It was really, really good. I just, it hurt. <sighs> Any characters stick out to you in these two episodes? Or maybe did you learn something? Well, I think the character is obviously Appa. <laughs> Agreed. I want to give a special shout out to Zuko. Mm. I think he had the most internal journey in his tale. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. Yes. I think we learned most about him. Yes. Now, at this point, I wanted to share some little tidbits, like whatever behind the scenes I can find, or maybe even some lore from the world of the show. Whatever things I think will help Addy appreciate the show a little bit more. Because of the Tales of Bossing Say, mm-hmm. I wanted to do a little background on Mako, who Ooh. was Iroh's voice actor. Am I going to cry? I I don't know. We'll see. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Born Iwamatsu Makoto, he was almost always credited simply as Mako. (laughs) He was born in Kobe, Japan to children's book author and illustrators. Because they were politically dissident, his parents moved to the United States in 1939. He later joined them in 1949 after he had finished studying architecture. After that, he enlisted in the U.S. Army in 1953 and served until 1955. Wow. It was during that time that he discovered his theatrical talent. He later trained at the Pasadena Playhouse. Oh, wow. Uh, His first film role was in Never So Few, 1959, and was actually nominated for his work on The Sand Pebbles in 1966. Wow. He had a long career in film, but also theater. Mako was one of the founding members of the East-West Players, a theater company, along with someone else who's been in the news recently, James Hong. Oh, wow. Yeah. Apparently, their first performance was out of a church basement. The grind is real. <laughs> now, there's like a whole theater in Little Tokyo. I don't know if you know it. Uh, it's next to the John Iso or across the street from the John Iso parking lot. Wow. One of the reasons why they wanted to make the East-West Players is because they wanted a place for actors specifically of Asian descent, not to be typecast or uh, stereotypically cast Mm -hmm. in films. Mm -hmm. Mako was actually nominated for a Tony Award for Best Leading Actor in his role in the Broadway musical Pacific Overtures. His work in television included appearing in stuff like MASH, The Green Hornet, Walker, Texas Ranger, and obviously his voice work, one of them being the main antagonist in Samurai Jack, Aku, and... As our Uncle Iroh, who we love so dearly. Oh, wow. I don't know. It was really nice learning that he was played by an Asian person when I was young. I couldn't explain why, but 
I guess now I know now. now. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess that's why I've always felt the sort of, uh, it means something that he played Iroh to me. Thank you for that. Of course. And now I want to know what you think is going to happen next. Okay. So I think that Momo is going to show Aang Appa's paw print. And mm-hmm. Aang is going to try to find Appa with that clue. I also feel like Appa's fear of fire will come into play in the future, mm-hmm. especially when we're up against the Fire Nation. I don't think that Guru Patik completely healed him in that way. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Guru Patik, I, I just have a really bad feeling. <laughs> what? what? What is your bad feeling? I just feel like something bad's going to happen to him. He's so chill. <laughs> and he's important and powerful and i'm like maybe we only know him for a short while but i just really hope nothing bad happens to him that's it i guess we'll find out because that is a wrap on episode 18 if you had as much fun as we did please support us by rating and subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts you can reach us at rewatchthispod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at rewatchthispod. Thanks to our producer, Calvin, for all your help. And thank you for listening in and joining us on Addie's journey through the world of Avatar The Last Airbender. We hope you can join us next time when we cover chapters 17 and 18. Until then, that's Jason. That's Addie. And this has been Rewatch This. Rewatch This.